You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. I never even re-listened to these, so I don't know how much <laughs> mic noise makes it into the show. Uh, but it's minimal. Your mic is so it high is. now. What, what happened? Hang on. But I never know like how much of that makes it in. I'm sure they do a great job cutting it, though. It's minimal, yeah. One time Dan like drug it all the way, like halfway across the table. <laughs> Dan. <laughs> it was a little much, but... It's like uh, the beginning of Sling Blade, where he's just dragging the chair. You're the, probably the only person that knows what yeah. I'm talking about. Um, man, it feels good to be back. I did not realize it when I planned this vacation, but I was out for like 12 full days. That's a lot. That was a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I'm pumped. Jacob also left on, you took eight days. I guess with the 4th of July, it's the same. You were out the same amount because you left half a day. Yeah. So you were out 12 days too. So your longest vacation you've taken since working here too. Mm -hmm. Did it feel good? Yeah, it was good. I mean, I definitely uh, was ready to get back home. Yeah, uh, I'm ready to get back to work. Yeah, anytime I go on vacation, it's it's relaxing, and then you start thinking about everything that's piling up on you, especially with Send It Slam on the horizon. Yeah, yeah. 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 Right. it's it's not uh, not just that, dude. Like after so much of my kids, I love my kids yes. very much, but Preach. this morning. They they're just like exploding against each other. Every every little thing was friction, and my son was having me change out the batteries on something. And as I'm doing that, he's getting mad at his sister for something else. And like, yeah. I'm just I'm di- I'm tired of like solving seven year old problems. Um, the way Liz frames it up is with children, it's not a vacation. Yeah, it's a trip. It's a you're trip. A, you're literally <laughs> just moving life to another That's location. Right. You're still doing all the same stuff you do. Well, and it's a real vacation is just the two of us going somewhere <laughs> to relax. And it, anybody with kids knows, like when you move to a different location, it's stressful. You know, like you have none of your normal stuff that you need. You find out you forgot something. In fact, on the way up to where we went last week, we forgot two things. So I spent an hour within eight miles of my house because oh. we went up. We went back, and I'm, my, my poor wife will never hear this story. Uh, my, I, I may have an in-law that listens every now and then, so don't tell her uh, <laughs> that I'm ragging on her. But then we got all over to Indiana, and then she's like, I forgot the something, and we had to go back. I was like, you can't buy one of these there? She's like, I can never find my brand of whatever. I don't remember what it was. So we go back again. So yeah. not a hot start, Brad. Not a hard, uh, not a hard start. I was uh, a little salty about it for probably the first two hours of the drive. We didn't so. forget anything this time. You did so. a bunch of surf fishing, right? Yeah. Fished uh, from the beach a lot. Where we go in Florida, St. George Island, um, seems to have really good fishing during the summertime, which I know isn't always the case from the beach. I uh, catch a lot of sea trout. But then what's cool about the islands, the intercoastal water behind it is grasses and marsh and oyster beds and just – it's red fishy as red fish red can fish. be. Well, it's like bass fishing almost. Oh, yeah. dude, it's yeah, it's and because then your targeting structure, it's everything that I'm used to from fishing around here comes into play. A lot of the same lures I'm using, super flukes and stuff that I use here. And there's, we rented a couple kayaks, and so there's really easy access through a state park down there. The only thing that sucked about it is it doesn't open until eight o'clock. <laughs> so like, you know me, I'm I'm up. Yeah, I want to be there up. at five. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I'm antsy waiting to be able to, for the park to open. And we go down and my brother-in-law decides to go with me. We take a three-person kayak 
um, which was touch and go when we first put it in the water. <laughs> I, I've never seen a three-person tandem. It's basically a it's canoe. Huge <laughs> and heavy. Yeah. Completely Like an pointless. ocean. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, How do you not hook each other's necks when you're <laughs> – I did fly fish for a little bit and popped him in the nose. Oh, nice. Luckily, the hook didn't bury you. You didn't set. You didn't get a hook set. <laughs> but uh, so we go down there. Put the drop the kayak in, start paddling past these oyster beds. Don't I had sorry, I'm gonna roll this back. The day before I knew I was gonna get out, so I went and scouted with my son in the afternoon just to see what I could see as the tide was coming down. And I saw the biggest redfish that I've seen in person tailing out on this oyster bed. Two of them. I could see them from the road as we came in, they were that big. I was like, Oh, this is gonna mm. be good. So we fished there for, you know, like an hour and kind of scouted, just seeing where I could see fish, huge fish, huge. And so I knew going back the next day, our odds are good that we're going to, there's fish, quality fish in the area. So we, he's not really an angler. He doesn't, um, he doesn't fish like this, doesn't really fish a ton at home anyways. And we, I get him out in the boat and I'm, he's like, I'll just paddle you around, not a big deal. So we're not really catching anything early on, and then we start, as you see the tide coming up, start hearing tailing fish up in the grass. You can't see them. It's like hearing a buck. What kind of grass? I don't, it's Spartina grass. I don't know what that stuff is called. It's some kind of grass. It is it like the, super thick, or is it like wavy? It is reedy. Okay. Is how I would describe it. Um, so anyways, he, it, it, just imagine you're hunting and you hear a buck scraping back behind you and you have no idea where it's at. It's that kind of thing. Cause you hear fish mm-hmm. and sometimes you can hear that they are sizable, just the noise yeah, that they yeah. make. Uh, and so we're kind of make, working our way around, not getting any bites, fly fishing, not getting any bites that way. I switch over to spin fishing. Um, and I'm throwing a, a fluke. I threw a fluke and then with some uh, procure scent attractor basically like put up in the middle of the, the fluke and so i'm popping this around the edge of the grass i get one little bite and i'm like okay maybe there's something to this then i hear and see a large commotion like three feet back into the grass like it was coming out no it's it's back in there oh, they okay. get as the tide comes up they get back in this grass and yeah. just stage and chase food um and so i see this tail and then, <laughs> that was weird. Wow. Um, all right. We'll turn that off. I'll watch some Hulu. Hulu. Um, so I, I see this fish, and I, I tell my brother-in-law, I'm like, dude, there's a really good chance I get hung up casting back in here. If I hook this fish, I'm getting out because it's three, four feet deep. What kind of rig? I'm sorry, I, I was distracted with the fan and the Hulu and all that going on. <laughs> uh, what rig did you? Say? I heard it's, you say you put something on it. I missed what you. Put yeah, on. it's a super fluke. Okay, so it's a soft plastic yeah. jerk bait, jerk bait, and then Procure okay. makes like a an attractant yeah. that's a gel that you squeeze on there and you can rub it, whatever you want to do. Um, so put I it on use my food. <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> robbed add that to your sock. Yeah. <laughs> well, like so the, the great thing about those super flukes is they have a cavity up in the middle where the hook goes through, and so it's perfect mm-hmm. to just lay down a line of that stuff. Um, so I told Aaron, I'm like, dude, I'm going in after this fish. If I hook it and it's huge, like I'm getting out and chasing it. This this could be a, a good fish. And I toss it back in into the grass. Are you in the front, middle, or back? I'm in the back. Okay. So I'm casting like over his shoulder at this point, and and it takes like an aggressive. You see the tail turn, takes 
takes the lure and then I feel the weight of the fish and I'm like, okay, it's, it's on, you know, and he's back, it, he, she, I'd actually don't know what it was, is back in this grass. And this is that point where if you fish around woody cover for bass where you're hooked and you're just like, stay connected, yeah. stay connected. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to, I, and I, for some reason, didn't put on anything bigger than 15 pound test, which seems kind of crazy, but usually you're like, 25 30 pound on these fish so i am pull i'm just kind of like pulling a little bit trying to get it out i don't want to yank on it don't want a horse on it and so he starts paddling up towards it kind of casually um so that i can try and get line back on this fish and get leverage on it and get mm-hmm. it out of the grass and it's it's trying to nose its way back up and i'm putting counter pressure on it and finally it turns and comes out and goes under the front of the boat so when it turns and goes onto the front of the boat, I currently have a fly rod across my lap. He's got the paddle out there. And so this, just imagine, it's like a something out of a, a Three Stooges cartoon <laughs> where we're like, I'm handing fly rods and moving paddles and trying to reach over his head to get this the line around the boat. Takes off, um, goes right for the oyster beds. So then again, I'm like, please don't rub off. Please don't rub mm-hmm. off. Just stay, stay connected. Stay buttoned up. So, I mean, that was probably like a five-minute fight. Feels like 20. Um, get the fish in. It's the biggest redfish I've ever caught. And by redfish standards, and especially even in this area, it was not huge. 27 and a half inches, um, six pounds. So, I mean, you know, it's it's a good size. Big fish. And, and the way those redfish look is they've got shoulders. Yeah. They just, <laughs> they're thick. Mm-hmm. And so, I, you know, I got it in, took some pictures, got it back in the water. It was a keepable size. I did get some chastising for that. I was going to ask. I, <laughs> yeah. You redfish guys, man. It's like, I don't know. So that the night before we were prepping and I was kind of laying out for him, like here's what to expect. Here's how I'm going to fish for him. And he asked, are we you know, are we going to keep them if they're keepable size? What's the size limits? And so they have a slot limit on redfish where it has to be, uh, it's like 18 to 29 inches. There's a slot. Is that, are the breeders bigger than 29? Uh, yeah, usually why. Yeah. Like the, the better fish and then the, the lower size, it could be cause they had an over catch and keep on that size. And so they're trying to rebuild that population. So they'll move those slots around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was asking about it and he said, well, why don't we just, you know, we'll take a cooler. And I'm like, ah, I don't know. It's kind of <laughs> like fishing for large mouth for me. And I don't really yeah. go with the intent to keep them. I want to catch a big one and send it back to make babies. And uh, this one was within it was two inches so i think 29 was the top end of the the slot and so inch and a half under so could have been eaten but i decided it's to supposed oh, to you let it go yeah okay i didn't know where this <laughs> yeah, story was going i know i'm like did you bring a cooler why I didn't, didn't you? take yeah. a cooler and so. it was it was one of those like well you know there's limited space on the boat See, that's where, like, you and I differ on a few things when we fish. A, you're better at it, and, like, I suck. Uh, But when I go out, I'm like, I want to eat literally everything. Mm -hmm. Like, anything that comes in the boat, I'm like, can we eat it? So, let me, if I had caught this same fish on the beach in front of our house, it had been on the grill that night. Yeah, Yeah, because it's the ocean. Yeah, I I get where where you're coming from. Yeah, so, you know, it's, like, back in this grass, it's it's a different experience. If you have not fished from a kayak – on the bay side in salt water for fish that you can see tailing and eating, you've got to do it. It's it's an adrenaline rush just I'm, seeing them. I'm going to do that 
next time I go down and hire a guide for that. Like I could have done it with this trip I got coming up, but we decided to go offshore, which I don't regret. I'm like, I've never you love that kind of, fishing. I love it, dude. It's that, like, I, well, and you know, for me fighting a 10 pound plus fish is just literally the best thing in the world. Like it's I, pretty sick. Yeah. yeah, I, so did you have any more fish stories? I have, I had a pretty good time yeah, up I'm, in Michigan. The rest of the stuff was a ton. I mean, I caught a, an absolute crap ton. You did a bunch of, of surf fishing, trout. right? Yeah, yeah, just out in front of the house, which is it's always fun catching them on fly. I got I told Braden I got tired of catching the trout, so which must have been like he caught so yeah, sixty plus, yeah. right? Well, and so I've gotten now to where I know how they're fighting, what the fish is, and so I would. It's another, another trout. trout. <laughs> so, that's yeah, that's, that's where we ended up fish. with sheep's head. So you just I, kept getting them. Yeah, I went up and fished with. Every time I go, I try to. Me and Mike try to do something one day. And in the past, I've struggled because, like, if it's a good beach day, my wife just really wants to go to the beach. You only get so many beach days up there. Um, and in Michigan, like you, you may get two days that are just too cold for the beach. You know, because it's like in June, people down here and further south don't realize how cold it can be up there. I mean, I've been up there in August and like you get a surprise 38 degree morning. Oh, what? you know? Yeah, dude. Yeah. And wow. if the water, if the wind is blowing south, the water will be sometimes in the high 40s. What? Yeah. yeah it's like, but so we got lucky and had a couple days where it was in the high 60s, which is still cold for like Florida standards. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but up there, that's like a good beach day. No um, but we had a bad beach day. It was cold. Like it was 56 degrees when we, we went out on, on that morning. And we were targeting walleye and catfish mostly. And, and then knowing that we would end up with some sheep's head and you probably know this better. I've never, I've fished for walleye twice and I've yet to catch one um, with Mike funny enough. Yeah. Um, and what I've learned is uh, fishing for walleye, you're going to hit catfish. Like that's, we, we always hit the catfish with the hot and tots. Yeah. Cause they're down deep. They're down yeah. deep and you know, they're predators. I mean, they're hitting anything coming by. And so we put in and like right out of the gate, Mike's brother-in-law, Sam, uh, was like, actually, this is funny, but we're already on the first hole that we're going to fish today. And I thought walleye, we're going to be using like some big gnarly bait. And he's like, Here, no, here's tiny. your, well, it's just worms. He yeah. does his hands out night crawlers. And we're like, mm -hmm. I'm like, okay. And I mean, little hooks. Um, so we just, he's like, just drop them in and we're just going to float with the, the current. And I was like, okay. And we just start hitting sheep's head, small mouth uh rock bass like it, little ones just like to the point where it's like uh like you said with the trout it's like okay we're only hitting dinks so why don't we go chase some big fish so um it was insanely windy i mean we're getting 30 mile per hour wind gust which on a like short bass boat boat like a really small one and uh it, it makes it really tough but we go two miles out towards the big lake and we start trolling um probably with the last mile to go for walleye and dude we went <laughs> we were joking like okay everybody gets a different hot color hot and top we'll see what the walleye are biting and, and like we got all these plans we go for a mile and nothing we had two bites and it's like what is going on you know the guy mike's mike knows a lot about fishing but mike's brother-in-law is out it sounded like four days a week fishing um dude was super knowledgeable. I mean, he might as well have been a guide, you know? Um, he's been doing it his whole life, knew the, knew the river front to back. And he's like, right here is where I start hitting them. And nothing, nothing, nothing. 
nothing. And you know how it gets. You're sitting there. You're just trolling, which is what Jacob hates. Um, yeah. Well, it, it it does. It's boring until it's not. In some scenarios. It is boring until it's not, though, yeah. right? Like, that's what – I know that's what you hate about offshore. It's like you're just sitting there holding the rod and not doing anything. But when they hit, it is insane. We're, we went a mile out, and right where Mike and I hammered them last time, I got I got a hit that almost ripped my rod out of my hand because um, I wasn't paying attention, you know. And five minute fight, and we have no we think it's a walleye, um, and we're we're I'm going, and this thing is running like I mean like the biggest salmon I've ever caught was running, you know. Get it up, and then you see a shimmer of something. I'm like, oh my god, what is it? Nobody knew. Like you just saw it to the boat, and then it ran another thirty feet, dude. I mean, I was like probably five minutes of trying to get this thing in the boat. We finally get it up as a channel cat, 10 pound channel cat, biggest catfish I've ever caught. Um, And we got it in and then I continued to slime up Sam's boat, my pants. Um, Those things are nasty. uh, Yeah. There were some crude jokes made about how I looked after it was all said and done. (laughs) Uh, I mean, my, my, I was covered head to toe. My shoes are still covered in catfish slime. Uh, Did it talk to you? Sometimes. Uh, yeah, they yeah, they'll, yeah, they'll, they'll do. Yeah, the grunt and um, those sea trout do that too. So, right. so I kept that one, but then we didn't get anything for like another. I guess we were there for an hour, and it was the only fish we caught in that spot. So we ended up going back upstream, and you'll appreciate this. We were two miles in, and it was so choppy. There were white caps. Sam was like, "I've fished this river for thirty years and never seen this." Huh. Really? I mean, we couldn't. The, we would go up and try to, you know, normally he's like, I just go up and I come down with the current and, you know, it works pretty well for walleye or sheep's head. And dude, it was so windy going, uh, we would sometimes sit still there. And the wind was pushing us so hard. The current couldn't even pull us. So it was, it was pretty tough. Uh, Sam did a, a great job cause we were seeing, there was another guy came by in like a hundred thousand dollar bass boat. And I'm not exaggerating. This thing was insane and get the power. He looked like a pro got the power poles out and everything. Yeah. Um, and he got, he got stuck on a sandbar and uh-huh. we're over there in like Sam's old beater of a boat, you know, it's like 30 <laughs> years old and, uh, and we're like cutting by and it, I, I was impressed cause that, that river, I mean, they're always changing anyways. Um, but just being able to do that with the wind, all the debris, I mean, there's trees everywhere. And at the widest point you might've been fishing, 50 yards across, but usually, you know, it's 20, 15 yards, uh, that you're fishing, but we yeah. finally got onto the sheep's head and it got to the point like the trout. It's like, I, I, okay, I'm catching another, you know, 12 inch sheep's head. That's what, what the, you know, hard hit at first. And then they just give up yeah, like, belly up. <laughs> yeah, it's like, well, screw it. I'm done. Yeah. Um, I mean, we probably caught 30 or 40 combined in, in an hour, uh, which was fun. But you know, at a point you're like, where's the walleye? Did you, you know? fillet those? Mm-mm, they weren't keepers. Really? Uh, well, I don't know what the size was, but they weren't, I mean, visually you can just see like, that's not, I'm not killing this fish to take that fillet. Like yeah. I'm not, we'd, we'd have to, maybe if we caught them all, I could have made a bunch of little thin nuggets, but the work that we would have taken to do on that, not worth it. So, yeah. um, I don't know how big a, a sheep's head has to be to keep, but I've got a picture of Mike. You can see one, you know, they're, they got that rounded upper body too. I don't know. Yeah. I can't remember how the fillet lays out under there, you know, cause some, every fish is a little bit different, but they wouldn't have been very big. Flounder are weird too. You talk yeah. about filleting fish mm-hmm. out and their fillets are next to each other instead of yeah. opposite sides. Yeah. Yeah. So it was a good time. I, we fished for eight hours, which I haven't done in a while. That was fun. Um, Mike brought out this Amish cheese, mm. a little cheese, horseradish, 
Amish cheese. Ooh. Dude, I'd never heard of horseradish cheese. You haven't? Mm. Oh, there's a place. We used to get some down near Rough River. Yeah. When I was a kid, some horse. There was, I, I don't know if they were Amish. There was a cheese place that yeah. we would go to and get some stuff. There was a jalapeno one that they had was really good. And then the horseradish cheddar. Yeah. So he and I went on like beachy trips. You've been in Vegas. No outdoor stories to speak <laughs> of. No. <laughs> all right over to Everything rob they have it outdoors so, so not the same per, per the normal of go wild when we bring somebody on the podcast we don't introduce them they just we just roll in we got just kind of mysterious yeah. yeah rob's just been over here making us a little more handsome for this this shoot uh for, for a podcast actually there is video rob people are uh we'll, we'll eventually see i this. noticed so yeah there's a camera in your face uh so um rob came on as our event planning intern and uh, what you, what school do you go to normally? Col- CU Boulder, yeah, Colorado. So, but you're from Louisville, right? Yeah, I grew up in the Highlands. Yeah, so um, we, we hired Rob to help with Senate Slam, and he's been awesome. Uh, what's it been like working at Go Wild for? What you been here like five weeks, six weeks, something That'd like that? Be the sixth week. Yeah. yeah. Okay, and then you got to like I think. Is Monday your last day or Tuesday or something next week? Like through a little whenever bit. Whenever we're done. <laughs> yeah, whenever we're done. As long as you like have it. me. I like it. We'll, 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 uh, we'll let you go in December. Um, <laughs> but no. <laughs> so what is uh, – I don't know what your expectations were because you pretty much hit the ground running. I onboarded him and Andy at the same time. And it was like, all right, let's get to work. So how's it been? I'm kind of curious. Yeah, it's been fun. Well, I should mention this is my first uh, serious internship of any type. I'll be a sophomore – uh, this coming school year, so I'm pretty new to this, and it was great. You know, I I expected like a lot more emails, a lot more like getting coffee and stuff. But <laughs> like on our first day, literally the first day of the internship, we went to have lunch with. Uh, if you know, Forecastle is a huge music festival here in Louisville. It was recently bought by the people that own Lollapalooza and Bonnaroo, and uh, the creator of Forecastle, Brad, <laughs> knows somehow. So we go and have lunch with this, who's probably a millionaire now, because he sold his, <laughs> he sold a forecastle. We're having lunch with him, learning about stuff, and taking notes on my phone. This is like, wait, this so beats like every other job I've ever had. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it hour was, four. Yeah, yeah. I, I was like, oh yeah, by the way, we're gonna go meet. I was excited too, because it was yeah. my first time meeting him. Actually, I, I got to get Jacob out with him because um, Jake, at, oh dude, dude he, if he, yeah, he. he <laughs> I knew he liked it, but he started talking about it, and you can just see in his eyes. Yeah, he like, loved it. Yeah, he lit mm-hmm. up like a Christmas tree. It's like if they anybody great if anybody fish. comes in and tells you all that they caught a 10-pound bass, you guys look like what JK does. So that was day one. How's yep. the rest of it been? The rest of it's been great. You know, it's really uh, it's uh, independent work. You know, I have a goal. We have a festival. We need to make it work, and we need to make people come to it. And, and Brad's opened it, all sorts of ideas. I just kind of like – throw my best self at it and he's like yeah that's what i would have done and i feel like a lot of it is just uh just you know figuring it out yeah that's what i always try to tell people of um Braden knows this well because he's come in and kind of worked his way through several different positions at this point and we don't handhold which makes us not a great place to learn sometimes if, if you need that mm-hmm. but if you're a person who you know ex- exemplary of him and anybody really like anybody that's made it any amount of time here does this but Braden's sitting here i use him as an example um you know it's like i don't we, zach chris none of us tell people what to do there might be a goal you know you had your goal with send a slam yeah. But it, it's you're going to figure out the tactics at which we want to get there. And I, I, I think it, like, it makes work so much more fun. Yeah, know? I mean, I think it takes a certain type of person to like thrive in that yeah, environment. And I, I think that's why like 
the people that stick around here are all kind of similar and love working together. It's like, I, we're not all showing up like waiting for a task list and trying to, you know, work through that and just want somebody telling you what to do all the time. And like, there's some comfort in that, you know, like I think for some folks, like that's, that's what they want and that's what they want to do. But I think with any startup, it'd be really hard to like micromanage a yeah. bunch of people. Like you really, oh, it happens. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> but like to like have a team that, you know, we all love and stuff like that. Like you gotta, you gotta want it and you gotta like be in a startup for the right reason. I think like of, I'm not here to be a taskmaster. Like I'm trying to figure stuff out and we're all working together and collaborating all the time. And like, you can trust people that are going to come in and like put the work in. Like I know everybody here is showing up ready to, you know, get after it. So yeah, there's this whole uh, thing with like trust is earned, but I, I don't have like a deep philosophy on this, but I almost feel, I feel like we don't, do it that way it's like you show up here yeah. and you're given trust you're trusted until you're trusted. you burn it that's right it's like uh innocent until proven guilty nope. yeah. yeah trusted until uh you shouldn't be yeah and then we'll then we'll renegotiate or or work that through that if, if you need help with something yeah. uh but yeah rob has been handed like the company credit card and told yeah, yeah here man go figure it out <laughs> <laughs> and and i hope to not see like six hundred dollars worth of uh liquor purchases that show up <laughs> car later, parts right? yeah Speaking car parts that. it'd be car parts <laughs> with this guy. yeah what do you what are you driving out there oh yeah that's a 1971 chevelle it's, uh, oh, you drove a Chevelle today? You didn't yeah. see it when you walked in? No, right I was there. here before you got here. Oh, yeah, yeah. Dude. Uh, yeah, yeah. it's pretty fun. We, Me and my dad were building it for a customer for the past two years, but uh, it's just it's kind of our car for the time being. Yeah, so we go do some donuts out in the back. <laughs> no, <Nah, laughs> not, not in a car that doesn't belong yeah, to I was going to say the key word us. being customer's car. And then yeah. what, tell us about your other one real quick. Oh, yeah, the other one, which is mine, it's a... Uh, it's a 2000 year Mazda Miata, and we've we bought it. It sat in a field in uh, Mumford, Kentucky. Oh, so I know that. Can, I've been pulled over a couple times in it's Mumford. Basically, <laughs> just a highway exit. But there's a town, and bought it off Facebook Marketplace for two grand. Didn't have had a motor, but it was full of rats, and didn't run. Rusted, so we took it and swapped all sorts of parts on it, and we made a pretty fast race car that we've been competing in. That's awesome. Where yeah. do you compete at? So our, our like sanctioning body, like the people we do it through is called SCCA. It's okay. the oldest like sports car organization in America. And they'll do like wheel to wheel, almost NASCAR looking stuff. They do like IndyCar kind of things. Mm. They also do autocross, which is like for beginners. It's in parking lots. Right now we're doing time attack, which is, uh, it's not wheel to wheel, wheel to wheel. You're just on the track trying to get the best time. And I like time attack racing because it, when you're building a car, it really opens up your uh, your horizons because you can all you have to do to win in time attack is go really really fast once. You don't need a mm. the car can fall apart after that. <laughs> so you have Together a that, <laughs> yeah, exactly. well not that you just have a ton of freedom to just turn everything up to eleven yeah. and get it to work that one time and that cool. doesn't have to be efficient. It just has to work one. time. Yeah, it doesn't have to be like you know like reliable safe or all the things that slow cars down <laughs> it's just like you if you put that in a comprehensive package you get a car that is like you know you ever have a dog and it's got like the zoomies it's got that look in its eyes that's what it feels like driving that car it wants to go every which direction at once this is why he's built yeah. for startups he that's just wants exactly. to go to 11 all that's the time exactly right yeah and it's pretty fun i I did. He said I drove to the office. It doesn't have it. It had a plate on it from another Miata. <laughs> and, uh, 
the, oh yeah the miata that you brought in the other day yeah self-implicating here yeah. so you should be all right that's all right so, <laughs> but yeah it's it's been real fun to drive um i'm sad that i gotta leave it behind when i go back to school but it's just been like me and my dad's project when we're home yeah yeah the miata racing's cool uh we've had a chance to talk to rob about that so all right we are winding down on time thank you rob for um all the hard work, man. I mean, it's been awesome. Uh, although I will say like this week is going to be <laughs> almost like the last three weeks combined in terms of workload. Yeah, we need for your you. final <laughs> recap Monday. Yeah. Final. Rob's still alive. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the, uh, by the time you guys are here on this, send it slam will be done. So hopefully it's not a total tragedy. Um, yeah, hopefully there's no <laughs> bad headlines. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hopefully, um, you know, uh, we don't get rained out or nothing disastrous happens. Um, ticket sales are going up. I'm pretty happy with where I think we're going to land. Um, I've talked to so many people that are hundred percent coming and haven't bought tickets yet. Yeah, I think that is here. the nature. Um, so I imagine we'll see a couple hundred more tickets, uh, come through. And then day of, I think, um, you know, people will be buying tickets. You know, the, you see the national guard is bringing like a big military vehicle to set up. Yeah. That's kind of awesome. The, I want to park it up that. on like the berm or something crazy, you know? Yeah. We when things happen quietly while we were on vacation. Yeah. Jacob and I, we're here to talk about it. Yeah. Jacob and I may have wheeled and dealed a little bit while we were out. So You're talking like Humvee. Or I don't know. Abrams, I, don't, I, have, I have no idea. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, go wild. Yeah. Flag from the barrel. Yeah. She, uh, she's like, can we, can we bring in a military vehicle? I was like, yes. And at Absolutely. first she was like, can we come? And I was like, yes. And you're not paying, you know, yeah. it's like, let's get I you in here. Can. Like love the support. Uh, cause they were there for recruiting. Perfect. And so, you know, it's like, well, let's get you in. And then she said she wanted to bring a, a military vehicle. So, um, you know, I was like, yes, let's do that. For that's sure. ambiguous. I'm excited yeah. to it's, what it is. Yeah, dude, that's like how we roll. It's like, oh yeah, we have a footprint, but I don't know where we'll stick this thing, but we'll figure it out. So yeah. I'll be walking around like, is it there's a breeze or something? You look up. Oh <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a chopper. <laughs> that's what they meant. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. Uh, log this on go wild, tag us. We, uh, you're on go wild now, right, Rob? Yeah. Okay. I'm just making sure I couldn't remember. I thought we covered that. So we got, uh, are you under Rob or William? It's Rob player. All right. P-L-A-Y-E-R. So we got Rob player, Braden, uh, where I almost forgot your last name. Uh, go 12 days and I forget who you are. Yeah, I've only been here a few years. I know. Yeah. And, <laughs> uh, startup years. That's a long time though. We got Jacob Knight and Brad Luttrell. Thanks for listening. See y'all. See you.